Hello, my name is Will Sexton, and today the podcast I'll be doing is Different Race, Same Team, How Sports Served as a Mirror to the United States Society. In this podcast, I plan to talk about how sports serves as a mirror in the United States Society and how its view may have slightly changed in present day, focusing on Jackie Robinson and his baseball career and his involvements in civil rights after his career. How this paved the way for African Americans to obtain other rights. The Pioneer. Jackie Robinson was born on January 31st, 1919 in Cairo, Georgia. He was the youngest of five children and was raised in a relative poverty, in a relative impoverished area by a single mother. Mother. He attended high school in Pasadena, California and attended Pasadena Junior College. He was an excellent athlete and played four sports. Football, basketball, track, and baseball. He was named the region's most valuable player in 1938 for baseball. Robinson's older brother, Matthew, inspired Robinson to pursue his talent and love of athletics. Matthew won a silver medal in the 200-meter dash just behind Jesse Owens in the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin. Robinson continued his education at UCLA when he became the university's first student to win the varsity letters in four sports. In 1941, despite his athletic success, Robinson was forced to leave UCLA just shy of graduation due to financial hardship. Robinson then moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, where he played football for semi-professional Honolulu Bears. His season with the Bears was cut short when the United States entered into World War II. Throughout 1942 to 1944, Robinson served as a second lieutenant in the United States Army. However, he never saw combat. During a boot camp at Fort Hood, Texas, Robinson was arrested and court-martialed in 1944 for refusing to give up his seat and then and moved to the back of a segregated bus. Robinson's excellent reputation combined with the efforts of friends, the NAACP, and various black newspapers shed public light on the injustice. Ultimately, he was acquitted of his charges and received an honorable discharge. His courage and moral objection to racial segregation were precursors to the impact Robinson would have in Major League Baseball. So as you can see, before his Major League Baseball career, Robinson was already doing things for civil rights. The Majors. After his discharge from the Army in 1944, Robinson began to play baseball professionally. During this time, baseball was segregated and African-Americans and whites played in separate leagues. Robinson began playing in the Negro Leagues, but was soon chosen by the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Branch Rickey, to help integrate Major League Baseball. He joined an all-white Montreal Royals, a farm team for the Brooklyn Dodgers. In 1946, Robinson later moved to Florida to begin training with the Royals. Rickey, knowing there would be difficult times ahead for the athlete, made Robinson promise not to fight back when confronted with racism. Ricky also personally tested Robinson's reactions to the racial slurs and insults he knew the player would endure. From the beginning of his career with the, Brook- from- with the Dodgers, Robinson's willpower was tested. Some of his teammates were the Dodgers opposed to ha- having an African-American on their team. People in the crowd sometimes jeered Robinson and he and his family received threats. Despite the racial abuse, particularly at away games, Robinson had an outstanding start with the Royals, leading the International League with a .349 batting average and a .985 fielding percentage. 
His successful year led his promotion to the join the Dodgers. Robinson played his first game at Ebbets Field for Brooklyn Dodgers on April 15, 1947, making history as the first black athlete to play a major league baseball in the 20th century. I say that because in the 20th century because in the 19th century, like the 1880s, there were, before segregation and things, there were African-Americans that were playing professionally. But this, right in the middle of the Civil Rights Movement, was why it was seen as such a big deal. Many players on the opposing team threatened to not to play against the Dodgers, even his own teammates threatened to sit out. But the Dodgers manager, Lee Dozier, informed that he would sooner trade them than Robinson. His loyalty to the players set the tone for the rest of Robinson's career with the team. Others defended Robinson's right to play in the major leagues, including league president Ford Frick, baseball commissioner Happy Chandler, and Jewish baseball star Hank Greenberg, and Dodgers shortstop Pee Wee Reese. I will say that a fun fact, Happy Chandler was and Pee Wee Reese were both from Louisville. I think Happy that's Happy Chandler is who our uh, medical center is named after at the University of Kentucky. How Robinson changed the way. Robinson led the way to the change in the color barriers in sports due to him entering the baseball in the 1940s. Many African Americans soon followed. Throughout the 1950s, black players dominated in the National League. Sam Jethro, a 33-year-old rookie of the Braves, won Rookie of the Year in 1950. Other National League Rookie of the Year winners in the 1950s included Joe Black in 1952 and Jim Gillum in 1953, Frank Robinson in 1956, and Willie McCovey in 1959. The NFL and NBA soon followed by signing African-American players, the first which have been Mario Motley and Chuck Cooper. To desegregation in sports in the midst of the Civil Rights Movement in American history, yet regardless of the the professional standing of African Americans, their lives were still burdened to live due to the segregation of everyday life. While Robinson founded the way to change, it took nearly 50 years to see a significant change in integration. By the year 1998, 77% of the NBA players were African Americans, 64% of NFL players were African American, and 15% of the MLB players were African Americans. I found this ironic considering that of the big three, Baseball was the first to set, to allow African-Americans to play, and they have the lowest percentage here 50 years later. College athletics were some of the last to integrate. The Southeastern Conference, the SEC, was the last to join the inclusion of races due to its geographical location. The full impact Jackie Robinson made on baseball and desegregation in the United States can never fully be determined. Robinson's place in baseball records goes well beyond his statistics. His life and career helped change the nation's way of thinking. He opened the door for hundreds of great black athletes. After retiring from baseball in 1957, Robinson was named the vice president of the personnel at the Chalk Full O' Nut Coffee Company. In addition to this, Robinson joined the National Association for Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP, as a chair of their million-dollar Freedom Fund drive, eventually earning election to the organization's board of directors. Yet this chair position was not enough for him in fighting for civil rights. In 1968, Robinson joined the Martin Luther King Jr. as honorary 
chairman of the Youth March for Integrated Schools. In addition to this, he became involved with Dr. King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Robinson began writing a syndicated newspaper column through which he mused on matters of race, relations, family, life, and politics. Robinson became a prominent political supporter, publicly supporting Richard Nixon during the 1960 president election. He eventually emerged as a strong ally of moderate New York Republican Nelson Rockefeller. He also backed his talk for economic independence by helping to found the black-owned Freedom National Bank, which provided loans and services to minority communities. One of Robinson's last biggest impacts were his writing speeches and fundraising efforts to rebuild burned-down churches in Albany, Georgia. During this waning months of the Albany movement, the Albany movement are often known to be in training ground for the, the more successful actions in Birmingham, Alabama, led by Martin Luther King. The Albany movement began in the late 1961 and had a goal to unify black citizens in response to white opposition to the student. Nonviolent coordinating committees, voter registration drive in that area. The movement launched meetings and marches soon and soon saw many of its members in jail. King, with his Southern Christian Leader Conference, SCLC, sought to make a movement more successful and more visible in 1962. How this is still present today. Jackie Robinson was not only the first African-American to play professional sports, but he did not waste his spotlight. He used his position to speak out about civil rights to further the cause. This is still present today. We see athletes speak out about things like politics or other matters going on in our society, and they received a lot of criticism specifically back during the last presidential election when athletes were speaking out against like what they thought about politics and things like that matter and they were like slandered over social media websites like Twitter and like the quote was like shut up and dribble that was like their go-to thing and they felt like they shouldn't be speaking about topics like that and it was more directed towards African-American athletes this is why, over time, the view of sports as a mirror of the United States society has changed in a way. It highlights Jackie Robinson and everything that he did for sports and civil rights movements as a whole. Despite the progress that we have made as a nation, it just goes to prove that we have much more work to do. Here we are 73 years later, and athletes are still being slandered for trying to use their position like Jackie Robinson did and speak out against the injustices that they're going up against today. That's all I have for, the, for today's podcast. Thanks for listening.